Pastor Dave here. First word coming to you from beautiful Linwood, Minnesota. First word, we're studying the book of Mark. Whether you're new to the Bible or been reading it a long time, we just uh, take a few minutes and pause our life and seek after God together. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to grab it. We're going to read Mark 2, 23 to 28. Let's dive in. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Have you ever heard the words Shabbat Shalom? If you know any Jewish folks and you're friends with them, that is a common greeting, especially when it's Sabbath, Friday evening to Saturday evening. Shabbat Shalom is far more than have a peaceful and restful day. It basically does mean that. But Shalom is this beautiful, beautiful idea in the Jewish language where everything is right and whole. And Sabbath is this beautiful idea that it is okay to pause from your work, trust God for your daily bread, and just rest. And so when a Jewish person says to another person, Shabbat Shalom, they're saying, May you be restored to wholeness on the blessed Sabbath. Sabbath is a really, really big deal in Judaism. It was in Jesus' day, and it still is. So Sabbath starts sundown Friday. So our Jewish friends right now are getting ready for Sabbath, and it ends on sundown on Saturday. In Jewish tradition, there's a lot of beautiful things that they do, and we won't go into all of them, but As I've studied the Sabbath, one of the things they do is they treat Sabbath as a guest that's coming to your house. So much like a guest, it's coming every Friday night. So you clean and you get ready and you cook and you do everything you can so that when the guest comes, Sabbath, sundown on Friday, you can just be present with your guest, which is meaning just to be able to to rest and enjoy that day with friends and family. It's the day to go to the synagogue and worship and all of those things. Now, one of the hugest proofs of the resurrection is that Jewish men and women changed the day of worship from Saturday, Sabbath, a huge deal in Judaism, to Sunday, the first day of the work week. Why? Because they witnessed Jesus rising from the dead that day. It's the day of resurrection. And so they changed their day of worship. But when Mark was writing his gospel, now there's still all of this debate about the Sabbath is still very important. And do Gentile folks, do they observe the Sabbath? And now do we observe the Sabbath and we worship on the Sunday? And how does this all flesh out? And so Mark is recounting The many instances where Jesus and the Pharisees and Sadducees and Jewish people butted heads over the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath goes back to Genesis and creation. In the seventh day, God rested. And then it became one of the Ten Commandments. 
Oh, I didn't put the whole thing in here. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. But I'm going to look it up in my Bible here so I can read it for you. Genesis 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You shall not do any work. And so many of the Jewish people took this to extremes because the temptation was was that God was really concerned about rules. He was watching, he had a checklist, and people believe that if you know God's main thing is watching for rules to be broken and having some perverse pleasure in punishing people that break the rules, Jesus was saying, no, 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 you've, you've, got, it. you've got it all wrong. And Jesus continues to have these moments of authority. You've heard it say, said this way, the Jewish tradition is very powerful, but I say this is the actual interpretation. So Jesus is making some serious claims in Mark 2. First, he claimed that he could forgive sins. Then he claimed that it was more important to eat with people that are apart from God versus shunning them so that God is happy with the rules that you're obeying. And now he's taking on Sabbath. And so as Jesus and his disciples were walking, they were hungry. It was Sabbath. There's a law in Deuteronomy because one issue is when, the, if you read Mark 2, which we, we just read, his disciples were walking through a field and took some grain. Is that not stealing? I was just reading about that. I didn't write down the verses, but in Deuteronomy, there's a, a part in the law where you can take field from a grain uh, if you're hungry. So they weren't stealing, but the question was when they took grain and they, they rubbed it together, they, they separated the seed and they ate it. Technically, on Sabbath, they were doing work. In Chicago, when I lived there, I, left, I lived next to a very Orthodox Jewish community, and they took the Sabbath very seriously. I, the rumor was, I've never knew anybody that did this, but the rumor was you could get a job helping a Jewish family on Sabbath, turning the lights on and doing things in their house that they couldn't do because it was considered work. They would take this very extreme as they were doing in the time of Jesus. And so... Jesus says these powerful words in Mark 27, the Sabbath is not made for man, but the man is made for Sabbath. In essence, in other words, saying God's law, God's, the laws and the rules are, are there for your benefit. I've set them up so that you might flourish. I didn't set them up so that I could watch and make sure and punish you for each rule that you break. The Sabbath is there for your benefit. Now, Jesus is trying to argue this to religious leaders and their whole basis for their life, including Jesus, is the Old Testament. So, you know, if you go to court or if you go to the Supreme Court, they're going to look at precedent. And to argue your case, you need to find similar cases and to say, well, look at how the law has been interpreted in other ways. And so Jesus kind of does that. He looks for precedent for his disciples' action in the Old Testament. And he doesn't find some obscure story from some obscure person. He finds King David, and he tells them a story that they know about King David himself and, and taking food on the Sabbath from the temple, and that, uh, that, that in essence, that to, to quell their hunger, it was okay. And, and so he makes this, this argument that they have a hard time, it seems, arguing back against, and is 
overarching point is, is that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Here's two other stories, similar stories that you can read in Mark, Matt, Matthew 12 and, and Luke chapter 6 if you want to do some more reading on your own time. The Sabbath was made for man. God's laws are there so that you can flourish. Now, the Sabbath is a big deal. Jesus saying, I can forgive sins. Jesus saying, you need to not be so worried about all these uh, laws of cleanliness, but you need to reach out to people that are far from God and actually share meal with them. Jesus saying in verse 28, he says this, The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You'll see on Monday, that kind of talk is enough to get a person killed. Jesus is really pushing that he has the authority and that he is actually interpreting the, New, the Old Testament correctly and he's pushing against how it's been interpreted, the oral tradition, for hundreds of years. But he's saying God has set this up not so that you have this law, but that as people, as humans, you need to find time to rest. Being from farm culture, I always thought it was impressive on beautiful summer, sunny, fall days when the farmer could be out harvesting and instead they're with their family. That, that takes a lot of faith that there's going to be some sunny days on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Jesus is saying, rely that God actually will meet your needs for your daily bread. Take a breath and be present with your family. A good word for me and for a lot of us Maybe there is some time for us to just say, hey, the dishes might be dirty and the little carpet might not be vacuumed, but I'm just going to turn it off for a while, break out a game, enjoy some time, some laughter. There'll be another day to do all those things on our to-do list. So maybe this weekend, Shabbat Shalom, find some time to Sabbath, find some time to just be present. And, uh, and remember that the Sabbath was made for you. And rest is a beautiful and wholesome thing. That's what I got for you today. Here's the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Shalom. God bless, friends. Have a good weekend. Artwork by Emily Lemon. Sound production for First Word is by Chris Stoltzman and original music by Lonnie Leo.